because you know what Vooch does when when Kobe passes to him? What's this? He 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 does this crazy thing. It's a new concept in the NBA. He catches the ball, um, which is something that our former starting center really had trouble grasping. He oh, had trouble grasping uh, the concept of catching basketballs, and he had trouble grasping basketballs. He was so bad at it that John would question if the dude needed LASIK surgery or yes. not. He was that bad at it. He was like, dude, this dude needs LASIK. Like, genuinely saying he needs LASIK surgery because he was that bad at it. Yeah. It, oh, my God. He was – God, he was – I'm so glad he's gone. I'm so happy I don't have to look at him no more. Matt, you just don't know the joy I have. I don't got to hear it about arguments to this dude no more. But, what do you know? He's a better guy. You know? <laughs> he's a fine tool player. He can play both sides. He's a prototypical center. He's averaging 10 points and 8 rebounds. <laughs> Final, the Bulls are still alive! Yay! <laughs> Thanks for ha- hanging out with us. Thanks for watching the fourth quarter. Uh, whew. <laughs> this is the stretch four. We are the Bulls Outcast. I'm Matt. That's Big Dave. Our buddy John, who we miss, is out in San Fran having a good time not watching this NBA game. Big old air quotes. Big Dave. <laughs> I saw the Raptors injury report tonight, or not yes. tonight, earlier today. Mm-hmm. Eight scratches, including basically their real starting five. Mm-hmm. And I got jealous because I thought, hmm, this is something the Bulls could have been doing for the last seven or eight games. Back oh, when, man. you know, we were still ahead of Toronto in the Tankathon standings. <laughs> but they are doing that. Mm-hmm. We are not. Mm-hmm. And hey, parentheses. Maybe I should shut my pessimistic mouth because the Bulls still have a chance to make the play in after tonight's win, right? Huzzah! We still got a chance to get in there, man. It's still alive, guys. You know, you're saying so. You're saying there's a chance. (laughs) You got a shot. Here's the problem the next game you have to play. Oh, go watch Dumb and Dumber after this, guys. Honestly, it's a, it's a it's a good decision. Um, but yeah, it, the problem is it's good to be this close, but the problem is who we playing next. Like you've got Milwaukee and the Nets next, and not just that. You saw the last game we played where we just kind of hung with them until they said we're better than you. A Nets with James Harden added to it. Yeah. Ew! <laughs> yeah. yeah, disgusting. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough, man. I mean, you got to beat Milwaukee. Like, and, and again, the two teams who are vying for position uh, right. right now at that number two seed in the East, man. So they're playing. They're playing. Nobody's resting. Those guys are playing. It's going to be tough. And I believe the next game for Washington, is it Cleveland? I think who they have uh, to play. Yeah, next? Washington okay. play the yeah. Cavs tomorrow night. Yeah. That's when it ends for real. That's, yeah, agreed. That's when, that's when it should be over. Although, devil's advocate to myself here, Dave, oh. already already ruled out for tomorrow night's game, no Bradley Beal. Ooh. And the Wizards, in this stretch of absences of Beal, 
they are, you know, they are one and ten. Maybe after last night's loss, one and eleven without Bradley Beal. As wow. good as Westbrook has been playing, no Beal, that team don't win. It's necessary when you got a guy that all he's going to do is score and drop you fifty right. points and scare you. You know, as far as you can't double team or cheat off of anybody because you can't leave this dude single isolated because he's going to score. Like he's just that good at it. So yeah, like that's that's gonna hurt your team. So honestly, Matt, yeah, that's a little hope. See, he said devil advocates to himself, but that's what we call hope. <laughs> Matt, that's what that is. That's called a hope, sir. Deal with we're, it. We're not beating Brooklyn or Milwaukee. I mean, yeah, whether yeah, or not Washington yeah. beats Cleveland is a moot point. I still want to see it. So after last night, Washington crumbling to Atlanta and us beating this Raptors team that like sent some seventh graders out there. <laughs> we, we are two, two parts through a six part thing that needs to happen. Okay. They, they're own one and we're one and oh, yes. And we needed them to finish and three and us to, and us to finish three and oh, right. There are four more parts that need to happen. And I would be shocked if two of those things happen. I would, would be shocked if the Bulls win one more game, and I would be shocked if the Warriors don't beat Cleveland. Yeah. No, you're right. On both accounts, it would be a shock. It would be like, wow. But I'm holding out for the shock. I'm giving me all the you. shocks. God What's wrong with you. What else are we holding on to, Matt? You're, they're not going to take. They're not giving you that. What else am I holding on to here? Let me go out here and have some hope that we can maybe beat this team and maybe it could come down to the last game of the season. Can I just get that? Can I just get it coming down to the last game of the season? That's when I just want all the excitement and all your meatheaddom all up in there. That's it. I just wanted to come down to the last game of the season. So if it does that, then I promise you I'll be satisfied. Do I think they're going to win these games? No, I don't. <laughs> like, I'm, like I tell people all the time, my optimism is steeped in logic. <laughs> like, and, and I don't see it happening of beating those two teams they're just too good my god you have no answer for kevin durant you have no answer for Giannis, chris middleton like those kind of guys like they're better than you so yeah they should win obviously they should win but i'm still gonna go out there and support and hope that the bulls can pull it together and just get me to sunday get me to sunday bless bless your heart come on bless man your, get on the train get on the train heart. baby come on trust the ak colin said it's about momentum for next year i I, I agree. I brought that point up to Matt last time when I talked about Phoenix. I brought that same point up. It right. will help. It will help your team, man, going in will and it? having that chemistry. Yes, it will. will. It? Yes, Matt. Yeah, it helps your team more than them losing seven straight games. It helps chemistry more than that. <sighs> it really does. Winning helps. <laughs> like, I don't care. What, winning helps team chemistry. It just does. That's what it does. Especially you know, you a team with new help? parts. Top four pick. It might wouldn't help. hurt. My and hope. you still you still have a shot at it. Uh, I'm saying you're not removed from that either. You still have a shot at it, Matt. That's still there. That's still there. It can happen. Um, happen. Somebody had a comment about Lowry. Oh, Mike three hundred three said if only Lowry could play Toronto's G League squad all the time, he'd be worth twenty million. <laughs> SMDH Lowry, pretty efficient. Twenty points on seven of ten tonight, Oof. and also chipped in seven boards and two assists and a steal and a block. Uh, Lowry, seven of ten for the field, six of nine from downtown. Whoa. So that's kind of like okay, when Lowry's knocking down his threes, he gives you that. Yes, he had one basket made inside the three point line tonight. 
cook, guys. What? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And but, as much as he's pulled up his three-point percentage, I think I saw earlier tonight, he is now shooting over 39% this season, which mm. would be a career high for him if that percentage holds through these last couple of games. Okay. But even still, you're not shooting six of nine from downtown every night. No, no. So when you're not doing that against, as uh, Mike pointed out, a G League tanking team, what what are you doing? I just sat there and I was watching uh, the third quarter just like, he can't even start over Thad Young. Like, <laughs> he, can't, he can't even do that. Like, Daniel, Daniel uh, Tice went out and they're like, let's go with Thad. Like, like you're, you're the right. third, you're the third and man up. Before Tice arrived, Thad was starting over Lowry. Correct. <laughs> Correct. You are the third man up. <laughs> and that is not good. That is not good at all. Third in line behind the two veterans. One of them has been in there for 14 years and you still can't get in over that. There's right. something, man, there's something wrong, man. And that just, it, it hurts. It hurts to say, cause it's true, but it's something wrong there. And I don't, I don't know if it can be fixed here. Right. You know, um, I wanted to talk to you about this, Big Dave, because okay. I don't think we talked about it in our thread with Bulldog and John today or yesterday when this stuff all was getting swirling around. But not that Matt brought it up in the comments. You've seen that report that Zach won't look for the Max if they go get better teammates for him this offseason. Did you I see this, Dave? This I did week? see that report. Yes, I did. Uh, so in case any of you missed it, basically, it was a uh, report from Joe Cowley, our guy. Hey. Is on the Bulls beat for the Chicago Sun-Times, who loves him. stirring the pot, <laughs> and said, according to his sources, Zach is not as focused as perhaps he was at the beginning of this 2021 campaign on a big max extension and a big payday, mm. and that maybe he would be willing to take a slight discount if it meant having more cash on hand for the Bulls to go get him better talent to play with. Mm. What did you think about that, Big Dave? I think that they're, well, first of all, my rule, one of my many rules that I've established about this organization is if I don't hear it from AK or Mark Eversley or Casey Johnson, then I'd put no stock in it. But that being said, to deal with this point as it is, I think there might be some truth to this. It would be this already is the best team Zach has been on, <laughs> like in his career. I'm talking about his career, okay? This is already the best team that he's been on. He's got an all star that he just developed chemistry with. You know he loves Kobe White back there. He he Kobe White raves about him. They rave about each other. There's a chemistry there. His best friend in the NBA is on this team, which is is Thad Young. He's been here for a few years, and he is the man in Chicago. He is the number one guy in Chicago. Just got his first all star appearance listen he feels good about it and what also lends validity to that is look at the contract he signed in the beginning it was one it's one of the best in the league that the contract that he signed man for what the production of him has been from the organization's perspective one of the best in the league yes correct just correct, to clarify correct yeah. correct from correct. zach's perspective dude's getting paid doo-doo yes way like they're gonna make a documentary where, you know, Scottie Pippen is going to look overpaid compared to what <laughs> Zach Levine is making right now. True. Very true. He's he's definitely underpaid for the skill and what he's done. 
Um, so yeah, for him, it's a low contract, but for this organization, it's an amazing contract. And for the NBA, it's an amazing contract, but he signed it. And so if he's comfortable with taking that kind of cut, I, I can see him saying, you know, I'll give you a little bit back if you're telling me you could bring in some guys. Cause honestly, listening to what these guys have said about this organization this year is stuff that you have never heard about this organization from the past. Even today, and I'm sure you saw what Thad Young said uh, about the organization, how it feels like a family here, how the problem last year was they weren't listening to their players uh, and saying things like that. You didn't, you're not used to hearing guys rave about the front office. You know, maybe right. they rave about maybe because one or two the people. The uncle there. raving about Antifa is now gone. Yes, he's out. He's not here anymore. He can't hurt you, kids. It's okay. So to hear him hear him say that kind of thing and to know that that's Zach's best friend, like I think there's something there. You know what I mean? It makes me say maybe there's something to 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 what Callie is putting out here because I can see Zach wanting to come back and try this one more time and see what team he's been with, which would be what, his fourth year with, here in Chicago? What mm-hmm. team he's been with for four years? Can he get this team to a playoffs? Because – it's, it's one thing to win, but it's another thing to win with that Chicago on your jersey, man. It's a whole other thing. And I think he knows that and he's seen that, man. So I think it's something there. I do. So it, it will be his fourth full if you don't count the partial post-ACL right, right. year. Right, of course. Um, there are a couple of interesting facets to this. Um, one of them being what you were just talking about with Thad's comments recently, which I totally agree with. That matters. Mm-hmm. That being not only Zach's vet teammate and good friend, but across the league, Thad Young is respected by coaches in this league, by his peers, his players, his teammates, and media. Everyone in this league respects Thad Young. Mm-hmm. For him to say that, it matters. Yeah. Compared to last year when everybody was pointing at Chicago and saying, oh my God, that guy? Really? That that organization is dealing with that nonsense? Mm-hmm. We were the laughing stock. Billy Donovan may have issues as or, or weaknesses as a X's and O's coach, and we could talk about them for as long as he is this team's head coach. Yes. But Billy Donovan, as as that expressed himself, is well liked in this locker room and makes his players feel like they are heard and cared about mm-hmm. in ways that everybody always said. Jim clearly cares, and he cares about his guys. He cares about the team, but he didn't do the best job of showing it in the right ways. Billy Donovan, on the contrary. Yes. The other elements to this and the whole Zach Levine and the contracting. I find it curious that the one Bulls beat reporter who has been stomping his feet and parading around on Twitter and in every column, every other column he writes this season saying, don't pay Zach Levine the max. It will strip your organization's ability to build a team around a talent that is good but not good enough, mm-hmm. and you're going to pay too much of your percentage of your cap to one player. Zach's good, but he's not max contract good. Mm-hmm. Cowley has been saying that with every breath he has this season. That's very and true. he's the one who puts it out there. Oh, my sources tell me Zach might be willing to take a little bit of a discount. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Is is Joe Cowley trying to like nudge Zach in the right direction, or does he actually have you know the uh, 
you know, the ends on somebody, if it's not Zach himself, mm-hmm. in his inner circle, saying, I might be open to that. I don't yeah. know what to believe because Joe Cowley has been spot on and right about things that he's been willing to print and say before everybody else has, long before mm-hmm. everybody else has. And he has also been wrong about some stuff that he has been willing to throw out there. <laughs> yes. No, very, very true. And But I think what makes it even more believable what he's saying is the fact that he said he's willing to take a slight cut because that sounds, you know, logical. That makes a sense. That makes sense when you say I'll take a slight pay cut, a little bit. You can take a little bit off of my piece of cake, you know, and right. hand it off. That makes sense instead of him just saying he'll take a pay cut. You know what I mean? Like that that sounds a little more logical and a little more like something a player in Zach's uh, position might say and might be cool with because you can't underestimate comfort. And and I and I talked about that a lot. And Kendall Gill used to agree with me on this, which I was like, that's awesome. But he would agree with me on this when I said that. Like it's it's it it matters when you're comfortable in your city and it matters when you're comfortable with the team that you're playing with. Zach has never been around a coach like this. He's never had this good of a coach. He's never had this good of an organization. He's never had these good of players on his team. He's never had another mm-hmm. all-star with him. So he's never had this before. So when you finally get it and you're like, okay, but now do you want to keep it or do you want to go get paid? I mean, it's it's it depends on how you feel about it. And for a guy like Zach, it just seems like comfort – you know, and and loyalty are important to him. It just feels right. like that way from just our interactions with him and just from what we've seen over these past few years. It just feels that way from Zach. Of course, we could be wrong, but this is just a feeling. There, there are two ways to look at it, and one of them is feeling, and one of them is logic. Mm-hmm. As Bulls fans, we feel that we would want to believe that Zach cares about and and wants to win here with this team, be the face of this franchise and this organization. And Hey, if I'm making a couple mil less annually on this contract that I sign, and that allows you guys to bring me more talented teammates to play with. Mm -hmm. Great. I'm on board. Discount it up. Let's go. Um, I would love for that to be how Zach is thinking as a fan who wants this team to do well. Yeah. I also, as someone who thinks that Zach Levine has already, in the past couple of seasons, been grossly underappreciated by this fan base Mm -hmm. and grossly underpaid by this organization. And look, you know, they didn't lowball him. They said, go out, get yourself an offer, and we'll match it. Mm -hmm. And that was coming off of a, is is Zach Levine's ACL going to be an issue? He, he wasn't this caliber of a player when he signed that contract. Mm-hmm. So he has put the work in to make himself a player whose caliber makes his contract a joke. He was, he's making $19 million and change this season. He's going to mm-hmm. make $19 million and change again next season. Mm-hmm. I saw today, and I think it was shout out to Bleacher Nation Bulls who, who had this in something I was reading about the, all this Zach stuff. Of the players who are top 10 in the league in scoring this season, mm-hmm. of whom Zach is currently eighth in scoring points per game this season. Everyone in that top 10 who is like Zach, a at least been in the league seven years player, next season when Zach's making less than 20, the next lowest paid player of that group of veterans who are scoring in that caliber of Zach Levine scoring, mm-hmm. 28.5. The Ooh. lowest salary of that group of top 10 NBA scorers on Zach's threshold 
28.5. He is so underpaid already (laughs) that when you talk about him taking a hometown discount, even Mm -hmm. though he's from the West Coast, to stay here and get better teammates to play with, it's like, dude's already giving you a discount. And the dude has earned a max contract. There are countless players in this league making more money than Zach who ain't worth a third of what he's worth. Correct. And so if I'm Zach Levine and his agent and I say, okay, we can sign four years, just over $100 on a standard, uh, you know, extension this summer. Maybe we renegotiate with you some of the team's cap to bump those numbers up a little bit. Or wait a year and instead of just over 100 million four years you can get 155 million for four years mm-hmm. that difference of 50 million is more than 50 percent of this current contract that he's on it's a lot of money it's a lot <laughs> of money lot. money and every time i yeah. want to convince myself yeah zach will take a discount to get talent in here to win i'm like mm-hmm. hey idiot what what nba player has ever done that there is a very finite list of examples yeah. that you could think of. That's true. And I, I hope Zach's a part of it. But you you got to – I will stick to the rule, Matt. I will trust AK and Mark Eversley. I will trust them. Because if they show me anything, is that they know how to negotiate. And they know how to talk. And they know how to get guys here that you don't think are going to be here at all. The whole team that they constructed as far as the big power players that we have – Nobody thought they were going to get <laughs> like at all, including the coach. Nobody thought that they were coming, but they're here. So I'm going to, I'm going to have some trust in those guys in the front office and see, you know, if they could talk them through. Now I'm not going to be mad if they can't because of what you just said, that's $50 million for God's sakes. That's a lot, a lot of money for a man right. that's about to get married too and start a family. So right. yeah, that's a lot of money. All right. So I'm not going to be mad if he says, you know what? I think I want to take that. That makes sense. But also, I want to know how much is winning and winning here important to him. You know, how much is it playing with good teammates and getting that chemistry? Because it feels like it's important to him, you know? So we'll see. We'll see because it's going to come down to it, man. So this offseason is going to be some fun stuff, man. It's going to be some fun stuff. You know know what we need is we need to get back in to that inner circle where we can be at media day starting – you know, for the 21-22 season and be like, mm-hmm. hey, Zach, you haven't signed that extension yet. Your boys yeah. are here for you. If you right want to bounce some ideas off of us, yeah. and, you know, we could, we could talk contract. Listen, and I got 20 bucks right now. Come on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't want to go to a team that doesn't have outcasts or outsiders. Why would you? What what kind of team would you want to do that for? That's a you gotta have decision. the voice of the fans sticking up for you on television every night. And Come we on. will. And we will. And we do because you're good and we like you. And he likes us. He knows us by name. That was awesome. <laughs> he knows us by name. His hey, dad man, his, watched our show. He did. His dad watched our show. Oh my God. He watched our show and we should have had a boy. I'm still mad we didn't get a boy. You are COVID. <laughs> But man, I do, I do have, I, ha- I have a question for you, and I, and I wanted to give you the floor for this because I know what today is. Uh, today being the birthday of Dennis, one Dennis Rodman, and I kind of want you to explain why uh, you have such a deep, deep love for a player uh, like Dennis Rodman. Because when you explained to me, it made it made all the sense in the world uh, when you told us me. But I just kind of want you to expound on that why your love for Dennis Rodman is is so great. Uh, gladly, Dave. Um, as as you know, 
I am a few years younger than you. And so I have just glimpses and bits and pieces of remembering the first three Pete years. Um, I was born in 1987. So I was, you know, four years old, five years old, six years old when they were winning their first few titles. And mm. I remember little bits, bits and pieces of it. I remember the dude with the goggles, Horace Grant, and of course, MJ, and of course, Pip. But by the time 1996 rolled around, and I had gone through the excitement of, wait, MJ's playing baseball, but now he's yeah. back. And yeah. the heartbreak of losing that series to Orlando in 1995, mm. that crushed me. I was mm. just like understanding what it meant to be a, a, a Bulls fan and a sports fan, like passionately following the team, watching their games at night when my parents would let me, reading the, the recap columns in, in the, the newspaper the next day. And that that Orlando loss in 95 just broke me. So with all of the hype about, okay, 95, 96, this is it. MJ's going to transform his baseball body back to a basketball body. You know MJ's going to be out for blood to get yes. revenge on losing in the playoffs, which he didn't yeah. do. He like, did you know, I grew up, no, MJ didn't lose. So right, when they lost, right. I was like, wait, Todd, wait, what? No. I don't know how to feel. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then this dude walks in to a press conference that I'm watching on TV. And he takes off his hat. And he's got a red dyed hair with a black bull on the back of his head. He's got red and black dyed fingernails. And it's like, Dennis Rodman. And I'm like, oh, that guy who, like, he used to be with the Bad Boy Pistons. And, like, I was still a child doing my NBA history work, you know. It was like, yeah. I think that guy used to be a villain that we hated here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then he went to San Antonio. It was misunderstood there and nobody got him. And mm-hmm. so we, we just trade with Purdue. And we got this guy. And this guy's a bull now. From the mm-hmm. moment he walked into that press conference with that bull's hairdo, anytime he opened his mouth, anytime he showed up with a different hairstyle, anytime he had a hilarious quote when somebody actually got him to speak. But more than all of that, Every night when I watched him play on the floor in that first 95-96 season, I was hooked. Mm. Diving around the floor, diving for loose balls, grabbing 20-plus rebounds a night, playing some of the best, most aggressive and intense defense I'd ever seen anybody Mm. play on a basketball court. I was Mm. like, that's my guy. Mm. Never the most talented athlete when I was growing up. So, like, I marveled at MJ, but I related more to Rodman. Because I was like... This dude's just scrapping. He's like, Mm. I'll get the loose ball. I'll dive on the floor. I'll scrape my knees and my elbows. Oh, and if I happen to disagree with this particular call, I'm going to tell that ref to fuck himself and then that fan to fuck themselves. And I'm going to tear my shirt off and I'm going to walk down the tunnel and say, fuck y'all, I'm out for tonight. (laughs) And I ate that up. Because as you know, I'm a fairly dramatic guy myself. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little That's bit. what it is, man. I mean, like, yeah. it was it was love. That yeah. first season, 95-96, I fell in love with Dennis Rodman. Yeah, you you and the entire city. Like, uh, he, for me, like you said, for me, it was I remember him with the Pistons. So I had a, a hatred for Dennis Rodman. Like, I couldn't stand him. Like, I hated everybody from Detroit uh, on that team. I couldn't stand none of them. Oh, uh, but the second he got here, and I mean the second he signed with the Bulls when they, at that press conference, it was all gone for me. I was good. I was like, all right, he's on my team now. I forget it. You know what I mean? Like, you come do it. 
Mm-hmm. My older brother is not like that. <laughs> my older brother, you know, who was more grown at that time, right? Still to this day, <laughs> has hate in his heart for for one Dennis Robin for him pushing Scottie Pippen for the way he would treat the Bulls. He right. still has an actual issue with it. I I completely don't because I was like, you're on my team. I mean, what am I supposed to think when you come in, you dye your hair like you say you got a bull on the back of your head? What do you want me to do? You know what I mean? Right. Like you you're like, guys, I'm here. I'm with you. And people right. always forget because I, I hate when people try to say, man, they got Dennis Rob. Look at the team they built. First of all, you became a if you're telling me getting making you a super team by just getting the best rebounder in the game, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? On your team, right? Come on now. Second of all, nobody wanted Dennis Rodman because he right. was an issue. He was a problem. There's a reason why we were able to trade our friend Will Purdue to San Antonio to get him. No disrespect for Will, who are watching us post game right now. Right. We love zero. our pal Will Purdue. They got Dennis Rodman <laughs> for him. <laughs> for him. Okay? That's who you got for him, man, is Dennis Rodman to let you know where the NBA and the league and people in the organizations thought about him at that right. point in time. So, and it was a question. And of course, like when he gets there, Phil Jackson's like, okay, first thing, you got to go apologize to Scottie Pippen. Like, he had stuff he had to do. You know, he had to clean up. He had to prove things to Jordan. He had to prove things to Scottie. He had to prove things to the organization. And last but not least, he had to prove things to the fans. So he had a lot he had to prove. And I mean, from game one, like you said, Matt, he was out to prove it and showed it every night. You couldn't deny that man's hustle, that heart. And I mean, the agitation that, Mm. I mean, he would get under the Mm. skin of those other players, man. It was beautiful to watch that mental dominance that he had over anybody he was going against. And I'm going to get you 25 rebounds and maybe hit a three to send Mm. the crowd into a frenzy also. The the, the Dennis just like casual trot back down the court after hitting (laughs) a three. God, I love that shit. (laughs) Yo, look at Colin. (laughs) Colin is... Man, as a white guy from the Midwest, I dyed my hair because of Dennis, not because of Eminem. <laughs> Dude, thank you, Colin. Yes, as, yes. When I saw that, I went up to my parents and I was like, can I dye my hair like that? And they were like, no. They're like, if you show up to school like that, they will think you have terrible parents. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll think you're a big Bulls fan. Yeah, right. like, you know, yeah. they don't think you're just large. So, Was there- you know. I didn't tech I didn't talk to him into that, but what I did talk to him into was letting me get his biography, autobiography, Bad as I Wanna Be. Yeah. Where he's standing buck ass naked with a basketball <laughs> over his dick on the cover yeah. of the book. And like, you know, at the back cover is him naked on a Harley. And yeah. I'm like, I wanna I want that book. I want that book. <laughs> and my parents were like, God, like you know, you're not much of a reader. We, we're trying to get you to read. This is the book you want to read? And I was like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. Because what can your parents say? You know, like, we, like, we okay, fine. This, it's a solid compromise. And you're doing something we want you to do. We want right. you to read. Like, it's, it's, what can you say? You got to go get them a copy. Like, you had to go get them a book. I mean, you know, I mean, they, they didn't put the whole, you know, the black and white, you know, explicit, like, parental warning Right. On books like they did on CDs back then True. when we were buying CDs. True. It should have had one, let me tell you. <laughs> I was I was reading that book as a 10-year-old and I was learning all <laughs> kinds of things. And this is when the voice, the the bass in that voice came <laughs> was after reading that book. That's when the bass dropped and hey. started to grow. I, I read Rodman's biography and then I went through puberty the next day. <laughs> yes, yes, it's Hello, Father. What? 
goodness. Yeah, I mean, goodness. I always love reminiscing about Dennis in those days. Um, that's why the doc was so awesome last year. Yeah, um, true. And it's, you know, it's no coincidence that you know that one of my other favorite all-time polls is Joe Keem. And the amount of through lines and similarities that I saw with those dudes on the court and yeah. the interaction and engagement they had with fans off the court or even when they were on the court and the nearest fans nearest to the court, Joakim yeah. and Rodman high-fiving fans. I mean, like, that level of interactivity and connectivity between a dude who is bleeding out there on the court, giving his mm. all, and knowing that it means a lot to the people who are there to watch him do it. Dennis and Joakim have always been those two for me. Always with yeah. this team. Agreed, man. Agreed. He never cheated you. Neither mm. one of those guys ever cheated you, man. That was great. It was great. <laughs> oh, hey, good news. Only two good games news. left, Dave. Just it, man. Two more until Felicio and Denzel. Out of here. Bye-bye, Denzel. Bye-bye. Oh, and how nice of the NBA that we get a Saturday nooner matinee tip-off. Yeah. And I then Sunday at 8 p.m. Like, really? Like, you yeah, could have to, like, flip those, like, 8 o'clock Saturday, noon Sunday. Let's just, you know, ram all this out real quick. Seriously, that would be nuts yeah. though if you had to play an 8 p.m. tip off Saturday and then noon <laughs> right, on Sunday. Right, right, right. That would be like, oh my I god! I just what figured out we... why it wasn't that way. The other <laughs> well, he, he talked himself into the logic. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Oh, well, John is enjoying the West Coast, hopefully. But me and my guy Big Dave, we will be here Saturday, right? Yes, we will to uh, see if we can. Who knows? We have to wait and see what the Wizards do tomorrow night. If the Wizards choke and don't beat Cleveland. Oh, Saturday might be really interesting. Oh, and Daniel Gabbard had 16 and four last game. Just going to say, of you course. know, <laughs> Did the Wizards close out that game. Gafford's on the floor late instead of when maybe. Yeah. Why was he on the floor? Like that make no sense. Nope. Not my team. <laughs> just, you know, just give a, just, just give a couple of self-righteous, you know, gift tweets about Gafford and, you know, we'll, we'll be better. About <laughs> uh, oh, oh, do we see outsider shows in the offseason? Please say yes. We'll be here for the playoffs. Playoffs, so we'll, baby. We will be doing playoff stuff, man. We will definitely be doing playoff stuff. For sure. As the legend Pitbull once said, <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> we'll be here. We'll be here. <laughs> for my guy, Big Dave, oh, uh, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. Check out the Follow on Bulls podcast feed to get these shows in podcast form. Subscribe to Follow Up Bulls on YouTube. You find us there as well. Be well, Bulls Nation. We got two more left. We'll see you.